Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. Hey, 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 Emily. How are you today? Hey, 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 Michelle. (laughs) I'm excellent. I am super excited to be back in the studio. Of course. We're really getting this um, new season underfoot. Of course, I'm thrilled about having Dr. Becky Lynn. I know. I cannot wait till our conversation gets going. It's always so informative. I know. And I'm excited to see that you are alive and well. Well, thank you. Um, (laughs) Listeners, not to make you too afraid, but I did have COVID over the Thanksgiving holiday. (laughs) And it was 12 long days of being by myself. And uh, only because my... And it it was over the holidays. It was over Thanksgiving. Um, I got it on the trip out to Arizona. Thanks, Dad. And um, (laughs) We still love you, Dad. We still love you. But uh, yeah, it was... It was not fun. Right. It was not fun. And I think I just wanted- It's lonely. It was very lonely. I was by myself. Didn't have my cat, Mm. Salem, because he was already staying at at our friend Karen's house while I was in Arizona. And I was like, no, keep him because I don't want him to get sick either. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I tested negative finally the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So from the 15th of November to what, the 27th? 12 long days. That is. And I still have some lingering. I I don't have the back pain anymore, thank God, because I thought- this is going to be horrible if I have yeah. that lower back pain for the rest of my life. But I have, I feel like I'm super sensitive to smells and I can go into a full on, you know, my eyes watering, sneezing, coughing. Um, even if I'm taking antihistamines, hmm. it still happens. So I do have a, a doctor's appointment coming up and I'm going to be like, lady, let's lay it all out. Right. <laughs> Figure this out. It's so um, different for every person. It's a thing. Yeah, because you had it. Yes, I did as a thank you present for New York Fashion Week. Uh-huh. Um, but it was um, my lingering effects are bone pain. I also have, I'm also dizzy. On occasion, Ooh. I'll get the vertigo, and so I've been trying to take the um, the Dramamine for that, and that seems to help it a little bit. But yeah. I don't know, like it's like whoa, yeah. Well, hopefully, this wine will take care of all of those problems. Well, it or certainly make me not aware of it, <laughs> right? <laughs> wine always helps. <laughs> always helps. So yeah, but what are, what are we drinking today? Yeah, so we're drinking some Italian Tuscan wine. Mm-hmm. Um, this is. Uh, how do you say this, Michelle? You're I, the one well, that's better in speaking Italian. Um, it looks like Felicio, <laughs> but it's well, not it Felicio. <laughs> no, it looks like Felciao. Felciao. Becky, do you have any any attempts um, at this? It says Vermentino at the bottom. There we go. That's no. the great. I've done a little Duolingo Italian, okay. but that wasn't one of the words Felciao. I learned. Yeah. I don't know. I really no. do think it looks a little yeah. like Felicio, but it is, um, which will tie in very well to our conversation always. today. Always. There's always room for Felicio talk. <laughs> <laughs> Even better if it's in Italy. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah. As always, we'll share a picture of this because... Of the our, bottle of, of wine, not the fellatio in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, we, I just opened this. I, I haven't given it much of a study. I have had this wine in the past, and it does fit under our parameters of a wine that's under $20. Um, it has this really beautiful golden color, and I mean... Oh, it is so pretty and flowery on the nose. Mm. On the palate, it's got a lot of nice kind of mm-hmm. almost like warm summer fruits, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, a little bit of that mineral base that you get in the soil over there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's got a nice, nice finish. Yeah. Just the right amount bit. of tannins to get your... Palette salivating a little bit. It's quite tasty. Yeah. 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 What do you think, Dr. Becky? I think it's delicious. I really think it's floral. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm not one to pick up on things in wine. Like I'll smell it. People will say, oh, it smells like peach. And I'm like, "Mm, no, I don't really smell that. But this is truly floral. And it's really good. And I was just sitting here thinking, 
wow, that's less than $20. I'm going to screenshot it before absolutely. I leave here and buy some. <laughs> absolutely. Well, you can do, absolutely. A fellatio. Yeah. <laughs> yes, fellatio I, I can see when you walk into the wine exactly. shop. I'm looking for the bottle that says fellatio. And then they'll be I like, am a sex doctor, so <laughs> you know, it makes total sense. Business expense. <laughs> I need a case. Pronto. Exactly. <laughs> You'll have all of the male, the male uh, aides there helping you out. Yeah, sure, I'll help. I'll take you to the spot you need yes, to find yes. yeah, for the I'll give you the $20. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a lovely white wine. Um, and it's, uh, like it has this, it has like a, um, a finish that doesn't, it doesn't leave too soon and doesn't Mm -hmm. last like, Oh, come on, get, be, be done. Right. Um, I'm noticing a similar theme here. Oh, come on, be done. Come on, be done, <laughs> I was gonna say that this I wouldn't mind having in my mouth for an awful long time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be fresh. You don't necessarily want this one over with too yeah. quickly. This one, this one can take as long as it was. It tastes a lot better than what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, yes. There's no uh, there was no gag it reflex mm-hmm. with it. Um so yeah, yeah, it's a lovely, lovely white wine. And if it were a pair of panties, Emily, I would say that it's making me think of um uh, very um, like some like string mm. string panty, you know, like that string bikini sense. panties or like pink, pink, mm-hmm. pink, definitely like a light powdery pink. Yes, yeah. um, uh, 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 full coverage in your mind. <laughs> yeah, because it's not right. really totally full coverage. Right, right. So your thongs, but yeah, that's what it kind of. It makes might me think even of. be one of those that like has the opening, you know. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. That makes it very yeah. useful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, and sometimes you're in a hurry to pee. <laughs> or, right? other or what else? <laughs> yeah. um, I did want to say, I did want to let you know that when I was out on my trip to Arizona, I um, had gone to for a wedding and um, I was talking with some of the guests there and I told them about the podcast. And then um, they, uh, a husband and wife, and they messaged the um, the uh, my friend Catherine, whose daughter had gotten married, and said, I'm, they said, we're sold. We're wine drinkers now because they started listening to our podcast. Oh, hey, that's and excellent. so he was like, "I'm all in on reds." And I'm like, "That's so sweet." Aww. And that he met, he you know had had enough uh, to think about letting Catherine know, so then she could let us know that Aww. that Adrian and Maria were now um, fans of oh, wine because of listening to our podcast. Hey. So hi, Adrian. Hi, Maria. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Grab a glass. Welcome to the Clitorati family. That's right. So, yeah. So, Dr. Becky Lynn, we always love having you on. And um, I love being here. <laughs> for those of our listeners who might be new and um, are starting at the back and working towards the front of the, ca- right. of the library, Dr. Becky Lynn is a OBGYN, um, an advocate for healthy sex, and really specializes in women who are um, peri or postmenopause. Really helping make sure that women have happy, positive, wonderful sex lives. Is Absolutely. there any, any, anything else I should add to that with regards to your area of specialty? I also do a lot with weight loss. Um, and if you think about it, weight loss goes with menopause, sexual health goes with menopause. But I feel really strongly that women get a very poor education about what's going to happen in your 40s, your 50s, your 60s. You know, we all learn, okay, here's like a flat picture of the uterus and your ovaries and how not to get pregnant, pretty much <laughs> right. that's it. But we don't really teach women of any ages about pleasurable sex. And a lot of women come in and see me and they're like, oh my gosh, something's wrong with me. They're so embarrassed. And I'm like, nope, that's normal. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we as a society, sex is so shameful. We don't talk about it enough. So I'm so glad I'm here talking about it openly. Yeah. I think a lot of women don't even have a comfortable vocabulary around it because we're not taught to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And there have been times where I know all of us have had those experiences in our past of talking to your doctor and and not not even feeling welcome to have those conversations with your doctor. Right. You know? And not so. all doctors are comfortable talking about sex. Mm-hmm. So it is hard for women. They they muster up all this courage. They say something and then the doctor's embarrassed. So, yeah. you know, it is important to find somebody you trust. It's important for us to educate physicians about sexuality because that makes us more comfortable talking about it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in the past when I went to med school, we didn't really learn about sex apart from how not to get pregnant. 
right? right. Or like sex causes pregnancy. Um, so, you know, it's not just patients who are embarrassed, but some physicians or nurse practitioners or PAs, just care providers might be embarrassed too. So I I'm working to change that. <laughs> I remember when I was going through my cancer treatment and I had read somewhere about, you know, when you're taking chemotherapy, like that'll change the, um, your, your vaginal discharge or like, yeah. and like, like what you, what would be safe. Right. Um, and it has said that maybe, you know, like let your partner know that, if you you know you're giving you oral sex, he could then be also taken in some of the um, chemotherapy oh. drugs through the through the um, through fluids. The, the fluids. That's the right <laughs> word. I'm like, what word am I like going for? And so I remember asking my doctor because I was like, okay, um, I heard, I read this, and can I have sex while I'm having on chemotherapy? He was like, uh, well, you know, there are there are no studies. <laughs> okay, okay. There's what do you mean? There's no studies. I need you to n- tell me. Can I have sex while I'm having chemotherapy? He's like, well, you know, there just there just are no studies for about that, you know, because he didn't want to say yes or no. And then I said, okay, can I hug my children? Like, how radioactive am I? Right. You know, he's like. Yes, you can hug your children. <laughs> but he oh never, I had made him so uncomfortable just by bringing up the yep. idea that I was thinking about having sex while I was uh, yeah, going through he, chemotherapy. He was probably like, you're sick. How on earth could you want to have sex? Right. You know? Right. Or, right. You're, and you're not married. Which is so wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you, you never have to give up having sex, even when you're, you know, a cancer survivor or a cancer patient undergoing treatment. You don't have to give it up. Yeah. Like like you said, a lot of women feel like, oh, I'm, I should feel lucky to be alive, so if my sex life has to go. But it doesn't. There's mm-hmm. plenty of things you can do to have a pleasurable sex life. Right. Well, and I know we saw you had made a post, a uh, uh, month or so mm-hmm. ago and said, you know, you're never too old to have great sex. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, let's have Dr. Becky on to talk about that because there was a reason you made that post. Mm-hmm. So um, is it because of the the women coming in to see you and like you reached critical mass and you had to yell it from the rooftop or the Instagram top? <laughs> I know. You know, it's funny. Sometimes I remember where I get the inspiration for whatever I post and I'm sitting here going, where did I come up with that? But it is true. I see that day in, day out. You know, many of my patients are 50s, 60s, even 70s, even 80-year-olds who want to have a good sex life. I don't know. Maybe I saw a patient that day that made me think about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and sex changes, you know, sex changes throughout your life and, you know, your anatomy changes, you don't lubricate as well, the vagina doesn't stretch as well. Um, and even men, right? Like oh, your partner. Right. It doesn't, like it doesn't. It doesn't stretch. Oh, that's so crazy. Because I would think yeah. actually like, oh, like all of your muscle tonality relaxes. So I would think it might be the opposite. No. So estrogen helps build collagen in the vagina, just like the face, right? Mm -hmm. Like the face has collagen and elastin, and that's what keeps you looking young and makes it supple. And as you lose your estrogen, you lose that in your face, the collagen and elastin, and same with the vagina. So then you try and put something in the vagina and it doesn't stretch, and that causes pain. Whereas like premenopausal, you have lots of estrogen around, a penis can fit in the vagina, a whole 10-pound baby can fit out of it. So yeah, it has to do with the collagen and the elastin. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So um, are, are, do people ever get like collagen injections or anything like that in the vagina? Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting. Um, no, not. There's nothing really that's standard of care as far as collagen. There are no studies. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are none that I've seen. But you can rebuild collagen and elastin if you use a, a an estrogen. So, and- in, in my opinion, the best way to replace estrogen in the vagina is to put it directly in the vagina. And we use low-dose vaginal estrogen. It does not increase your risk for blood clot, heart attack, stroke, breast cancer. A lot of women are really nervous about mm-hmm. hormones. Um, but when you use a vaginal hormone like that, so there's like estrogen creams, there's estrogen capsules you put in the vagina, an estrogen ring, it restores the collagen and elastin. So I always say it's like the fountain of youth for the vagina oh with gosh. really low risk. Like you're risk is that you'll have a little bit of discharge because what oh, goes well, in then it's out. back to yeah. teenage years, right? Exactly. <laughs> and we want that. Yeah. So, um, is that a widely, is that widely practiced? I mean, I've, I, I'm going to ask for a prescription before you, you leave. You, <laughs> you know? Every woman should be on a vaginal estrogen or vaginal hormones. There's also intravaginal DHEA, 
but the risk is so small and the benefits are so huge. The other thing that vaginal estrogen does is it restores the flora of the vagina to oh. more uh, lactobacillus as opposed to the coliform bacteria, like E. coli, the ones mm. that are in your colon, in your gut. Those are the ones that cause bladder infections. Mm. So women who are postmenopausal and not taking estrogen or not using it in the vagina are more prone to bladder infections. So sometimes I'll see women who they get recurrent bladder infection, recurrent bladder mm -hmm. infection over and over and over again. They keep getting antibiotics. Then the bacteria becomes resistant. Right. And, you know, it's a nightmare when all she needed was a little vaginal estrogen. And so, and vaginal estrogen helps bladder health. It can help with mild incontinence. I mean, it, it just does so many good well, things. Well, wow. you know, there you go again on the shame side of things, because sometimes women are told if they're getting bladder infections, oh, it's because you're not taking care of yourself properly. Yeah. And oh, you know, all the things. Of, Absolutely wrong. Yeah. Yes. No, you could be the cleanest person in the world and you will have some bacteria that migrate from the colon into the vagina. Okay. Doesn't mean you did anything wrong. There's just, you know, close proximity between the anus and the vagina. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that happens. Yeah. So at what stage should a woman think about this estrogen cream? I mean, if you're mm -hmm. not, you know, menopausal or close to mm -hmm. menopause yet, like at what stage are you like, now it's time? Yeah. So that's a good question. So it varies from woman to woman. Sometimes I see women in their 40s who are still having cycles, but we know that their estrogen levels are lower just by virtue of their age. And they may have vaginal dryness or difficulty lubricating during sex. And then I'll give them a vaginal estrogen. Other women don't have UTIs. They don't have any problems lubricating. They're not having any pain with sex. They don't really need it in their 40s. Typically, pain and dryness show up about five years after the last menstrual period. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. And so, and that's the other thing. This is a super important point. So we, like many women know, hot flashes happen around the time of menopause. So mm -hmm. like they're expecting it. They know they happen for a while and they get better. But vaginal dryness shows up five years later. And so women don't connect it with menopause. Menopause. And what happens is they don't get wet during sex and their partner's like, are you not attracted to me? Why aren't you getting wet? Oh, and then right. the woman's like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Something's wrong with me. And, you know, the other thing that happens due to lack of estrogen is it makes it much harder to orgasm, it makes a weaker orgasm, and some women can't orgasm at all. But women don't know that that has to do with menopause and it's not something, oh. you know, scarily wrong with lack them. Lack of technique or yeah. lack of interest <clears throat> right. or all of those things. And I, I yeah. would think that most women, though, would... Um, go ahead and start thinking that it is a lack of interest and a lack of technique mm -hmm. as opposed to thinking it's as basic as a physical um, reaction in the body to a, a depletion of estrogen. Yes. Um, because we don't, we don't get that whole um, A plus B equals C mm -hmm. about our bodies. And mm -hmm. we're all like learning it on the fly. And if, unless you have like a good sisterhood to talk about these things, women who are older, um, to help you, you know, like wait till you're, wait till you turn 50, wait till you turn 60 kind of thing. Um, you know, you don't really know. And today when I was doing a little research, mm -hmm. God, God love the world, um, doing a little research before the show, I typed into my personal computer, so it won't come up on any, you know, work searches, but <laughs> my personal computer, um, how, how, like when, something like, like, like how old, do you, when are you when you stop having sex? Something like that. Mm -hmm. Something, you know, generic like that. The top 10 Google responses were related to men. There was oh, yeah. not a re response related no. to women and not wanting to have, or like not having sex. And I thought, well, there it goes. Another, like if a woman is searching online, right, right because she de doesn't feel comfortable talking to her doctor, she's not going to get the the answer in the, in the top 10. And then right. she's going to go, well, I... I I guess I'm just not interested in it anymore, right? right and that's right. an easy it's an easy way to make ourselves feel um, normal. And I put that in air quotes mm -hmm. if we're not interested anymore, because mm -hmm. I've and I hear I hear from more women, you know, around my age who are like, if I never have sex again, I'm fine yeah, with that. Mm -hmm. I have heard that too. And yep. and that that so that I'm wondering is this. Is this part of, you know, the physical body, the shifts in it and not having enjoyment there because of the issues we're talking about? Or is, is that almost more like a psychological thing that's going on? Have they had maybe 
tough relationships or I'm right. It's both. Mm. So there's physiologic component and there's a psychological component. So psychologically, I guess it's maybe it's not psychologically with your air quotes, yeah. but yeah. Um, you know, part of your sex drive and your desire to have sex comes from your brain. It's all in, in your head. So mm-hmm. it is in your head. It has a lot to do with testosterone. Testosterone starts to decrease in your early 30s. So, you know, women's sex drive naturally goes down. But also as you get older and let's say now you don't reach orgasm and maybe your husband has ED, so you have to work, you know, really hard around that and you don't lubricate as well. And now you got to get lubricant. Like it's just not as fun as it used to be. So when you're presented with that opportunity to have sex and you think back to the last time and you're like, oh, that wasn't so great, then you don't Mm want to do it again. Mm -hmm. So it kind of feeds on itself. And and I, I heard once in a conference and I love this quote. In order to want to have sex, it has to be sex worth wanting. Mm. So if now, like, the vagina's dry, you don't reach orgasm, your partner has ED, like, that's just not great sex. It's a lot of challenges. So, But the good news is, you know, as much as there is, you know, Viagra and Cialis for men, there's vaginal estrogen for women, there's testosterone for women, there are plenty of things that you can do. And some people say, oh, you know, like, oh, I wish I didn't have to put something in my vagina every day. Why do I have to do that? And I'm like, well, you brush your teeth every day. Mm, you take yeah. care of your mouth. Yeah. Why not take care of your vagina? It's the same thing. Right. Mm. No, that's that's a very valid comment. Yeah. You know? um, I mean, we don't, maybe we just took our vaginas for granted when we were uh, in our 20s <laughs> 20. and our 30s, you know? I think I did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> I mean, it, was a, it was a wondrous thing with, uh, it could, you know, um, it was a, a gateway or pathway to lots of pleasure yes. and children, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm also a cancer survivor myself. Right. So right. yeah, you don't know what you have till you don't have it anymore. Right, right. But I, I do agree with the whole, like it's, like there's a psychological portion and that's all air quotes because we're not, um, um, you know, therapists in that nature here. But uh what I I don't know how to counteract when someone is saying that to me. I almost feel like it's it's like a cry for help, mm-hmm. you know. And they're like, I, I'm off, I'm fine if I never have sex again. And I just don't. I I want to like break through and say, well, I'm so sorry. Well, <laughs> yeah, like you know, but wasn't it really good at one point? Don't you want to do that again? You know, like well, that's what it, you want to say. Yeah, and then they might be saying, well, you know, my my husband, he's got you know. He's AFib or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And there's like these questions and um, and maybe there's a fear with like if we yes. have as great sex as we used to have, I might kill him. Yep. Um, or he might be ED, which again, you know, um, and I, I might be sounding a little uh, a little snarky here. we got to take care of them so yep. that they can take care of us. Yep. But it also feels as if this time in our lives as we are getting older— mm-hmm. And I was thinking, though, like at this time in our lives, as we are getting older, I mean, we're all getting older, right? The the female body is getting older. The male body is getting older. And we would think and we'd hope, ideally, that, that we could talk with each other about mm-hmm. those changes, you know, and they shouldn't be, it shouldn't be embarrassing. If we're grown, we're, we're grown people now. You know, that in an embarrassment that we might have had when we were in our 20s because we're, you know, immature and we're not, you know, sexually comfortable. Um, But now we're like, now we've been through things, right? You've had children or you've had cancer or, you know, you've, you know been in the hospital with your partner while they were getting you know, on, for, for food poisoning or whatever. I mean, you know, you've right. been through things together. Why would this be, why does this still have to be a big issue sometimes between people? It's just put it out mm-hmm. there, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just our culture. I think it takes time for things to change. I mean, who knows? I think my children are much more open talking about sex and orgasm and pleasure, but maybe that's because their mom's a sex doctor and they heard about it from the beginning. So I don't know, but I'd like to think even just what I see on social media that the younger generation is a lot more open. Um, And I see mostly an older generation of which I'm part of. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's still a lot of shame around Mm -hmm. sex and embarrassment. And it's just, yeah. And it, and it, 
I wish it wasn't. So like I said, that's part of my mission to talk openly and freely and for women to know that there's a safe place they they can talk about these things. I I had a friend uh, who had been widowed in uh, like late 50s, early 60s. And and even before he passed, uh, they had stopped having sex. Mm -hmm. And then she met somebody new and was, um, you know, commenting to me like, oh my God, it's so weird. Like, I haven't been wet like this in mm-hmm. ages. And she was in her 60s at this point in time. And she was getting like all these like flush, you know, young girl feelings. Yeah. And, you know, they had a very good connection. And then then when they first, I mean, the first time they had sex together, she was floored by the number of orgasms she's had. Yeah. And, and I said, well, maybe they were all like backed up, you know, all those years <laughs> of, you know, not having any. But I, when I heard her talk about like the body reawakening, it just made me feel like, so it's possible, right? Mm-hmm. Like you might think today I'll never have sex again and it's fine, but your body's your body's capable of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, your body's capable of it. And I think a new relationship too, like when you are excited about somebody new, not saying you should get somebody new if <laughs> yeah. things aren't working, but like all of that excitement, adventure, new touch, and especially if she was widowed and hadn't had sex in a while. Like, yeah, there's definitely a reawakening there. And yeah, yeah I remember you saying early on in one of our conversations, if you don't use it, you lose it. Mm-hmm. And, but I guess my question is, especially in these scenarios we're talking about, obviously you can get it back. You can absolutely get it back. And I, I have to walk that comment back a little bit because you don't have to use it. You don't really lose it. I mean, you, you'll, uh, the vagina is a long, hollow tube. That's all it is. So it'll still be there. It might be a little out of shape. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, you don't, if you're not getting aroused and there's not a lot of blood flowing to it, it may not work as well. But you can absolutely get it back with sex, with vaginal estrogen. You don't even have to have penetrative sex. Just getting excited and aroused, mm-hmm. watching something sexual, listening to something sexual brings blood flow to the vagina. And just that in and of itself is rejuvenating. Oh, it's like exercise yeah. for the vagina. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm doing my daily sit-ups, you yes. know, like it's the same yeah. thing. Like, yeah. Excuse me, I need to go work out for an hour. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't need anybody else. No, it's fine. I don't, I, that's fine. I'm just, it's just me. I'm going to work out for an hour. Well, we actually, I don't know if you saw this when you we're at my office, or but we have this chair that you sit on, and it's called the Amcella, and it does your Kegel exercises oh, for you. What? Oh, wow. So you stay fully clothed. There's you know nothing internal, and it's really quite trippy if you guys ever want to just sit I, on it for fun. Yeah. yeah. But basically, the vagina is a long, hollow tube, and it's surrounded by muscle, and that's your pelvic floor. And your pelvic floor weakens as you age. It weakens with childbirth. It weakens with lack of estrogen. And when we say do your Kegels, you, those mm-hmm. are those muscles that you're tightening. But this chair can do your Kegels like 11,000 times stronger than you can do yourself. Amazing. And you just sit on it. It's so weird because if you think about it, you think you know your pelvic floor muscles. But until you sit on this chair, you're like, Oh, those are my pelvic floor muscles. (laughs) And it can also help with orgasm because as your pelvic floor weakens, when you have an orgasm, your pelvic floor contracts. Like, you know how you feel that that rhythmic contraction? That's your pelvic floor. And as women age, that gets weaker. So you might feel a weaker orgasm. Um, But this chair, it's so trippy. It strengthens the pelvic floor. So do you take like reservations for 15 minutes at a time? How how does that work? It's it's 28 minute sessions Uh and you do it twice a week for three weeks. You guys can do it anytime you want. Okay. I would never charge you. Okay. And um, yeah, and then, you know, it's a muscle, so it'll wear off after a while if you don't use it. Um, So most people come back like in six months or a year for a touch up. Amazing. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I'm really so cool. excited to try this. You so <laughs> try Merry it. Christmas to me. <laughs> You're going to be like, I'm going to go sit on the Amcella for 28 minutes yeah, and yeah, um, I'm going to go exercise. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go get I'm going to go get flushed. I yeah. definitely. I mean, I think I think we need to we don't have to go together. We can right. do, like it can be, <laughs> I know, it can be separate. Little, we can take yeah. separate visits. It might be a little weird. A little awkward. Um, but then we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah. About our oh, experience. Oh, you should. Yeah, show. Cuz that would be fun. <gasps> oh that my gosh. Yeah, Google Google Mcella E M S E L L A. Wow, it, and it's really for like stress incontinence, mild stress incontinence, and urge incontinence because that happens. So you leak urine like with yeah. cough and sneeze. Um, so it works. I think if you have mild stress incontinence, it works great for stress incontinence. But 
it has like the urinary settings and then it has the orgasm settings. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. All right. And, <laughs> and so I'm going to videotape you guys sitting on it because I'll be done laughing. Let me right. put like a, you know, a black, black thing of our faces, you know, <laughs> black dot glass, or something. Can we have a glass of wine in here? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, maybe Absolutely. we should record our podcast on the chair. Oh my God. Part how's, one and part how's the finish for you? It is so good. <laughs> it is long lasting. The finish, uh, like I, I didn't like, it's what, sweet. Yeah, it's sweet. <laughs> and, and, and I, I feel like, I feel like he's whispering soft, <laughs> sweet words to me right now. That'd be like the double whammy, you know, little ear, ear pod oh, with, your, yeah. with those mm-hmm. wonderful, like, you know, deep voice of oh, some yeah. famous guy telling yeah. you that you're just the gorgeous. best and yeah. gorgeous or famous person. I don't want to um, exclude, right. you know. Sure. Whatever somebody. your fantasy is. Yeah. 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 Wow. Becky's, Becky's practice is going to be like very, very busy. <laughs> it's awesome. I like it. I like helping women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I know that every year you attend uh, a menopause conference. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm I'm curious, one, like how, how big is this? How many mm-hmm. doctors go to this? Um, you know, I, I think you're so special because you're one of these doctors that's really committed to making this a specialty. Mm-hmm. I don't, it, it, my perception is, is there's not that many. So right. it'd be interesting to know like how big this conference is. Yeah. Is it primarily men or women or both? And what's the experience like? And like maybe what, what's a good takeaway? Yeah. So I go to the North American Menopause Society conference every year. If you are perimenopausal or menopausal, it's the acronym is NAMS, N-A-M-S, and their website is menopause.org. And they have great information for, you know, women all over just about menopause, perimenopause, great information. But they also do an amazing conference. I don't know exactly how many people attend, but it's a pretty big conference. I'm an OBGYN, but there are internal medicine doctors, there are psychiatrists, there are pelvic floor physical therapists, um, psychologists, um, uh, cardiologists, wow. you know, just like all sorts of things. And, you know, they're, they, they're usually several topics that they always cover. So they'll cover like heart disease in women, they'll cover in postmenopausal and perimenopausal women, they will cover sexuality in women, they will cover weight gain in women. Um, the one that I saw, not this year, but the year before, and this just stuck in my mind, which I never really realized, I find this interesting, I don't know if you or the listeners will, but your vocal cords are dependent on estrogen. I did not what? know that. So... Opera singers, singers who are obese, when your your fat cells make estrogen, so you have more estrogen around. So that's why like many opera singers and other, you know, famous singers mm-hmm. are obese, people with obesity, mm-hmm. because that estrogen helps their vocal cords. Amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then one other thing I saw um, one so, year. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, let me ask you this. Wow. So as a woman ages, mm-hmm. whether she's obese or not, like- yes. Her voice will change. Mm-hmm. Scratchier. Scratch maybe. Mm-hmm. Would it do, does it like a deeper or anything like that? Are I don't know done? if it's deeper, but it's definitely scratchier. I mean, and when you hear people talk, and this is not based on articles I've read or okay. anything, but I really do, when you hear people talk, you can s- sometimes tell if oh, it's yeah. kind of like a scratchier older voice oh, mm-hmm. yes. versus a younger voice. And, you know, this is N of one, me. Um, with no hormones around because I had breast cancer, I get hoarse so easily and I I talk all day. And so maybe that's why it stuck with me because I was like, oh, that's why I get hoarse so quickly when I'm talking all day. And you're certainly not obese. No, definitely not (laughs) obese. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just lack of estrogen. Oh, how fascinating. It was so and fascinating. And you're not going to stick an estrogen patch in the back of your throat no, to help with your vocal cords. No, but if I if I was allowed to try it and I thought it was safe, I would do it. Well, like, but. why wouldn't they, like, add that to toothpaste? I know. I, I don't know. But it No is, studies. It is so no interesting studies. to me because there is, like, some contradiction there. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, so we know women get, you know, have struggle with weight gain mm-hmm. with menopause. Um and the fat is good for the vocal cords. However, mm-hmm. you know. But there's so many other things it's not good for. Right. Yeah, like diabetes and high blood pressure and high cholesterol and, yeah, all those other things. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. This is so yeah. crazy. It's, 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 you know, it's lovely being a woman, but it's also tough 
yeah. being a woman and or being a female uh, um, because mm. our our bodies are magical and can produce other lives mm-hmm. um, and, you know, carry on species. We can feed them, you know, <laughs> off of our bodies. But um, then at the same time, you know, when those, when some of those abilities within our body go away, we get fat mm-hmm. and we get hoarse yeah. and, and we get cranky and we yeah. get angry, you know? That is so I mean, true. Like, it's like, it's not what, this isn't fair, right? It is not uh, fair. <laughs> um, and I, but I'm, I'm encouraged in the fact that there are the estrogen, um, uh, the vaginal estrogen, and mm-hmm. I'm encouraged with the 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 studies and stuff that you've talked about because because you know sex is more than just the the one person or the, the male portion mm-hmm. of the of the union, if you will. Yes. Um, and um, and I wonder, you know, if as as years go by and as I age or whatever, if sex education and therapies mm-hmm. will, they'll be more abundant for women in the next five to 10 years. I think they will be. I mean, even since I started in this field, there are more and more treatments, medicines and things coming out for women. Um, you know, when, when I started this, there was just Viagra for men, right. Cialis, a whole bunch of those. And there, there really were not a lot of treatments for sexual problems for women. And every year, I learn about something else that's in the works. And I think that's fantastic because it was, so I'm going to back up for a second. One of the first medicines that was FDA approved for women is a medicine called Addy, which is for low libido in premenopausal women. And it got, the FDA said, nope, Nope, so many times. And there was a contingent of women who actually went to Washington, D.C. to fight for this, to say, hey, this is a real problem. And it's, you know, the, you know, it's important, like, if you don't have sex drive and your partner has sex drive, it can cause a huge problem right. in the relationship. Absolutely. That is a real problem. And um, so there were women who went to Washington to fight for this, and ultimately it was approved, and thank goodness. But it was not easy to get through, mm-hmm. which is so frustrating yeah. because, you know, Viagra, I bet there were a lot of people sitting on the FDA oh, going, oh, sure. yeah, we need that. Not for me, but for my friend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, so, I guess it also goes back to representation. Yes. How many how many women are sitting on the FDA board making those decisions? Exactly, probably yeah. not a lot. Yeah, hopefully mm-hmm. it's better today than it was when they had hopefully. to lobby, mm-hmm. well, remember, lobby for good sex for women, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, remember when we went to the um, wonderful exhibit at the National the yes. History Museum yeah. for Beyond um, the Ballot? Exactly, and right. how you know you know women's rights just how they started like fighting for the right to vote. Like as soon as the Civil War was over and um, the Fourteenth Amendment had given rights the right to vote to the the, um, the uh, um, black men, mm-hmm. um, and women were like, "Wait a second, we don't even have the right to vote." Right, and they fought. They fought from eighteen sixty five, whatever, right till nineteen twenty one. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And it took basically the involvement of these husbands, really. Well, to provide some support. Yeah, I mean, the you know the men ultimately had to grant it to right, us, right? You know, the things Crazy. we take for granted now, oh, right? I because I never grew up in a time like that. I can't even imagine not being able to vote because I was a woman. You know, we are children of well, at least I, you know, like children of the '60s and '70s, right? Like mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. I am. Yeah. I was born in '70, yeah. and like I, I never really had felt any of that with, you know, not being able to vote and some of the other things, rights that were won in the 60s for women. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, I mean, access to contraception. uh, Right. Yeah. For like unmarried or the married women could have it. I know. And then, um, and that's of course us losing um, the the right to abortion Mm -hmm. um, with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And then Emily brought Mm -hmm. up, and I looked it up on online, you know, the country of Bali. Did you hear what they did? No. Oh. So they just outlawed um, sex for anybody who's like unmarried. not unmarried. So it's only legally allowed for married couples even if you are traveling to the country for vacation, staying in a hotel with a fiance. It's illegal and punishable for a, a year, year in, in prison. 
Now, I went online oh today to look that up. And of course, I left that article on the mm-hmm. copy machine. Um, <laughs> they said that it will be uh, um, in, in place in three years. So, you know, it's not, it didn't just happen tonight. Yeah. And then um, today they said that, no, no, if you're a tourist or a visitor, that doesn't apply to you. And it's only going to be enforced if a parent, a spouse, or a friend complains to the government. Oh my God. So it's that like- That is so backwards and scary. Is, that is, is terrifying. terrifying. Remind me never to go to Bali. I don't, well, that's the thing. I'm going to spend that, my dollars there. That's exactly right. You know, the one, tourism was so, was hit so hard with COVID. Yes. why would and they do so that? And so that entire industry is just in upheaval, mm-hmm. devastated by this, because yes. they know there are plenty of places in the world we can go mm-hmm. to- ex- Enjoy beautiful beaches and yes. have sex. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, why why take that away from people, you know? You know, and the thing is people are going to have sex. Like, why do it, we it have to put all these restrictions on it? It's natural. We are, yes, exactly. Perpetuates- if we didn't have sex, we wouldn't be here. Like, you, And yeah. I just feel like all these laws and restrictions, you can't do this, you can't do that. People are going to find a way. They are. People and are going to think it's more dangerous. No matter what you do. You know, because, yes. you know, access to supplies and safety. Control, all control, condoms. Yes, mm-hmm. all of that gets harder to access. And mm-hmm. again, there's more shame tied around it. So, yeah, it's, it is amazing to me in this era that these, these things know. are happening. And it can still happen, you know. Because of ignorance or, mm. or willful ignorance. Fear. Um, religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, re- religion. Um, just, it's, a, it's about control. And mm-hmm. and I think if people just would, again, go back to the point, like if we weren't having sex, we wouldn't be continuing as a species. You're not going to be able to control sex away. You're not you going to be able, you're not going to be able to, because we are, at, 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 it's in our it's, it's, it's in innate. our DNA. It's innate. It's instinctual. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yep. it, it's about it because we're animals. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, we're mammals. And that's how we, the species continues. And not to mention the health. Like it is good for our overall health to have sex. Yeah. And even if you don't have a partner mm-hmm. to have sex on your own, yep. it's I wonder if that's enforceable by law there. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, well, no, How do I actually, marry myself? <laughs> it'll be one of those things where like, uh, yeah, sex is okay between married couples, but masturbation is not, right? And right. so then they would be like, and again, you could only be in trouble if your partner or your parent or somebody complains to the government. Right. My wife is, is she's getting off too much by herself. Oh my God. Right. And then she goes to jail, right? I mean, it's, 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 um, it's short-sighted. Mm-hmm. It is, it's offensive. Yeah. And I hope that the people of Indonesia and Bali just, you know, revolt on this, mm. you know? Yeah. I know. Let's they, talk about the health benefits. Yeah. Not to. Not <laughs> no, to, no, no, no. Not to no, start no. a. Uh, yeah, we went down, uh, downward with a, all that for a while. No, no, absolutely. I, I'm a not, riot over there. No. But, <laughs> but again, you know, you can always count on the, uh, clearly speaking, the podcast to let you know of places you don't want to go yes. if you're going to be having sex. Um, and uh, you can still come to St. Louis and have sex I was, you know, <laughs> I was just to on a little. Just don't get pregnant if you don't want to because, just, yeah. Well, you have to go across, this, cross exactly, the to cross Illinois. the river to Illinois. Uh, a good place to travel. I was just in Riviera Maya, and you know Mexico is mm-hmm. is a conservative country by like the the, the religion. Mm-hmm. They're very they, family focused, yeah. and I was very surprised to see the area that I was in was very gay friendly. Very oh, wow. yeah, which was an evolution from that years is. past, mm-hmm. and so you know I I see good things happening in yes. other parts of the world. Yes, yeah. I was uh, watching, I think, SNL the other night and on Weekend Edition, and I can't recall. So hopefully, somebody out there will, will um, correct me if I'm if I'm got the country wrong. And they were talking about it might have been Norway, it might have been Ireland. There are two countries in Europe, but I don't remember which one it was. Is now providing free condoms oh, to to people between Norway. the ages of eighteen and forty five. I'm like, wait. 
Why stop at 45? I know. Right. That is funny. That is is funny. funny. Like, again, you're never too old to have bad sex, but you can't get free condoms after you're (laughs) 45. Maybe they figure they're not going to get people pregnant anyway. I I don't know. But men can still get STDs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, men can still get people pregnant when they're 45, 50, 60 Mm -hmm. years old. They still can. I know that men aren't your specialty, Mm -hmm. but. I've I've always heard that men are just as fertile at any age mm-hmm. as they are, you know, like when they're 80 as they are when they're 20. Is that right. true? So they're definitely fertile, but I, I honestly don't know, like, does that fertility decline? My thought would be yes, but I'm not a urologist. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, so take what I say with a grain of salt <laughs> on that one. Um I don't know. That's a good yeah. question. Now, now you've raised my curiosity. I'm going to have to like, go Google that or ask a friend who's a urologist. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, yeah. Maybe. We were talking last night um, about the, 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 some woman in the country, somewhere in the world who at age 70 has g- given birth recently in the last, mm-hmm. uh, the last year. And uh, th- some wow. of the conversation was like, how, I mean, she was How she was assisted, right? Right. Yes. I think she was assisted with it, but like, a why at seventy would you want to put your body through that? Right. And then I didn't like it at thirty, so <laughs> <laughs> I love my children, but I was really uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I made the uh, absolutely fabulous joke about um, curdled milk with the baby. You know, it's like oh, you're just like, oh. you're like giving them like you know yogurt oh. that they're they're breastfeeding on. You know, at that oh. age, I can't imagine. I mean, yeah. your body. I mean, yes, you could the still have sex. The depletion on your body's nutrients, I can mm-hmm. imagine. Are- your bones. Yeah. So what's interesting to me about all of that, like if you hear about a 70-year-old who's having a baby, it wasn't her own eggs. Your eggs age. Your uterus doesn't. You oh. can implant a baby, and if you give someone hormones to support a pregnancy at any age, your oh. uterus still works. The ovaries don't. You have to get donor eggs. So I was oh. just, I just find that really fascinating. I don't Amazing. know why. I don't know the evolutionary yeah. reason behind me, that, really. But part of me thinks that this woman that happens. had a baby for her daughter. It's I possible. I think that's what the story yeah. was. I've heard about people doing that. That's yeah. amazing. I did yeah. not know that the uterus was always functional. It's always capable. Capable. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the eggs. Because you're born with, like, your, your eggs. Number, mm-hmm. is, are you born with your number of eggs? So, or? actually, your maximum amount of eggs occur at 16 weeks gestation, and then they just gen- go down from there. So, when you're born, you have fewer eggs, and as you age, oh. you just lose, lose, lose more eggs. And I don't know why. Why would you have your maximum amount of eggs when you're a fetus in your mother's womb? Like, it doesn't really make sense to me, no. but that's how it is. So, Yeah. Thankfully, we don't have anybody from the GOP listening to this, this <laughs> podcast episode because now they would really, really want the the fetus at 16 weeks to be um, viable. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but oh that's, that's fascinating, too. Yeah, yeah. That mm-hmm. the body does that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm, and sperm are made, you make sperm every three months. So it's different. Oh, that's... Like eggs you make from the beginning, from birth. But the sperm, you make new ones every three months. So when it comes to like birth defects, the older a woman is, the higher the risk for birth defects because that DNA in your eggs, it's been sitting around a long time, the older you get. Whereas sperm, they're freshly made every three months. And that's probably why like for men, it gets painful after a while. They haven't had sex because it does build, it literally builds up. Right? No, I really don't know. Maybe. <laughs> At least that's I what we're told. Like, yes, yes, we're we're going to need to get a guy, a male doctor here to talk about the male portions. Do, well, I, I'm like, yeah, we should do that. Well, you yeah, guys should do that. Yeah. I would love but to I'm come. But I'm sure you have <laughs> yeah. questions from your patients. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think yes. it would be great to have I know. And I've often wished that I had a urologist, a, a male in my office, because so many of my patients are older than their partners have sexual issues. And even younger men have sexual issues. But- the older you get, the more likely you are to have sexual issues. So I wish we had a you know, urologist who specialized in male sexual dysfunction as part of Evora. Yeah. yeah. So if you're out there and you're listening and you're yeah. <laughs> you want to come email. to St. Louis, yeah. please let me know. Yes. Well, um, Dr. Becky, um, locally, how can people get connected to your practice? Yeah. So um, my, if you want to find me on the internet, we are evorawomen.com. It's E V as in Victor O R A women so W O M E N dot com. 
You can also call 314-934-0551. We are on TikTok as Dr. Becky Lynn. I'm on TikTok. Um, We're on Instagram and Facebook as um, Evora Women's Health. So we love to post interesting articles about menopause, about sexual health. Um, You can also follow me, Dr. or Becky Lynn, MD. We have too much social media. (laughs) I can't keep it all straight. We'll put it in the notes, right? Definitely in the show notes. Look up Dr. Becky Lynn or Evora Women's Health. You still have your YouTube, don't you? Yeah, we have a YouTube also. People can go to there and get a lot of great um, uh, videos. Videos and, um, and information because I mean yeah. the, the stuff that you've brought to our podcast has always been like so like full of great information and nuggets and you know not everybody's in St. Louis can go sit on your massage chair right your emsala yeah. but you know they might you know be looking at night and mm-hmm. it's better to go to Dr. Becky's web uh, YouTube. It then, is. Then look at what Google suggests. Right, because there's a lot of misinformation <laughs> on the internet, especially about menopause and hormones. So you really okay. want to go to a reputable source. So, of course, either me or menopause.org, the okay. North American Menopause Society, because you can really fall down a rabbit hole of snake oil, cuckoo, oh, wow. not evidence-based or scientific. So you want to make sure you get your information from a credible source. And I think, I guess, like the takeaway today is you can have sex at any age. Yes. There are there are medicines mm-hmm. for lack of a better or therapies. Treatments. Treatments. Yes. Therapeutics. Um there's, you know, if if you feel like something's wrong, talk to your doctor. And if your doctor is embarrassed, find a different doctor the best you can, reach out. Um, I can help you find that doctor. So fabulous. Sorry to interrupt. No, no go ahead. ahead. But if you like because some it happens, people go to their doctor and they're like, oh, you know, I have vaginal dryness and their doctor's like, oh, you're just getting older. It's okay. Yeah. And like you're like, no, it's not okay. Yeah. Well, or you walk away going, oh, I guess that's what a life is about. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's not right. Yeah. So um, there's another organization that's a great organization called ISWISH, which is the International Society for the Study of Women's Sexual Health, or ISSWSH. Mm. And if you go there and you like plug in your zip code or your city, it'll pull up a list of providers. And the NAMS website does that also. So both NAMS and ISWISH, if you really are having problems with sexual function or menopause, that's a great place to find a practitioner who's knows what they're doing. Knows what they're talking about. That's great. That is awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming out tonight or today, talking with us, being a part of Clearly Speaking, the podcast, being our friend. And um, we just really appreciate you. Oh, I'm so happy. Thank you so much for having me. This is always so much fun. So thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I can't even add any more on top of that. It was... uh, Always insightful and always a joy. Yeah. Yes. So, so here. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.